0: You know, I'm not a philosopher, but I think that desire is probably a mixed bag of things. Um, You know, I think you have to have like great opposition in your life in order to um, fuel the need to improve. You know, I feel like there's just such a beautiful dance between between a husband and wife and the work variable. You know, when Mm -hmm. you have, when you have uh, the perspective to step back and realize that uh, life is really good at distracting you from what's really important. You know, good or bad, but, you know, if, you know, imagine the things you could talk about mm-hmm. if you live in Rome for a year mm-hmm. or if you live in Greece for a year or you live in Canada for a year. Like, imagine the things as a husband and wife, how you would... Um, grow as a couple, having to experience different mm-hmm. hardships mm-hmm. and different um, cultures within mm-hmm. within this world. It would be be really cool.
1: And we're rolling, sweet. to Ben. Hey, Tiger. How you doing? It's awesome to be back. Good to have you here. It's one of those feelings when I go um, um, when I came back, and it's like uh, probably somebody new at the front desk. Yeah. That. That met me, but then she's like, "Are you Tiger?" And uh, I can tell you from all the offices that I visited, it's not common for someone in the front to greet you. And it just tells me that you have systems in place and you have the right people in
0: place. That somebody probably told her that Tiger is going to be here. And when somebody shows up with a box of coffee, <laughs> that's probably Tiger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you're kind of a superstar, so that might not be as as much to do with systems as it does to no. who you are, but. Um, you know, I think we're trying. We're trying to make it so it runs the way that we want it to to run, so patients feel feel comfortable.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm curious how last time I hear I was here probably like 2019, 2020. Yeah. Um, 2019. How um, how I, I don't want to su- use the word bad, but like how difficult was the 2020 for you in 21?
0: Um, you know, I think the 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 most difficult part for me was just managing the the what ifs. You know, mm-hmm. the um you know, how we're we gonna handle things. Uh, every dentist um that I know handled the the shutdown different. We were down for two months and and um you know, prior to that happening we weren't quite sure what we were gonna do with our team. Um so the the hardest part for us is just knowing, you know, or trying to predict what was gonna happen. Um, you know, we were blessed as far as being able to keep team members and to keep their conversations the way they were when we were out. And, and I think because of that, most of them stayed. Um, but more so than that, once, once, once the unknown was, was more clear, um, it was kind of fun. Like it was fun to see what we could do in difficult times Mm -hmm. and, um, see what our teams could do. And, um, so I think that was the hardest part, um, during the whole COVID shutdown. Um, afterwards it's, you know, dealing with all the stuff that comes afterwards. Right, you know, the, yeah. It seems like our schedules are more up and down right now. Um, as news of things comes out, um, there's more of an ebb and flow at much higher and lower degrees than there was before. But uh, Interesting. Um, um, as far as the, the work, it's... I'm a dentist. It stays the same, really. It doesn't change. It's just a matter of how many people are coming in how many people are, are worried about what's happening in the external world, you know?
1: Mm-hmm you always have this, um, uh, the right approach to work life balance, I think. Mm -hmm. And then when that happened, um, what was the first week like for you? Like when you didn't have to go to the office, you probably still came here, but I I don't know, like or waking up and.
0: So it's funny. We were on vacation. It was spring break for us. Mm -hmm. And so I was with my family on vacation and, um, um, we shut the office down about a week before we were required to just because there was a lot of stuff coming out and the team was scared. And so we just didn't feel like it was, um, worth putting them through, through their perceived fear. And so, um, we stayed on vacation for another week because <laughs> we were there. And so we're like, well, we'll just stay there. And then when we got home, it, it was a weird feeling to be able to wake up in the morning and not need to go to work. Like I, I, I like vacations, but after a certain, after about a week or so, I get a little antsy. I want to <laughs> do something. And so um, so I did a lot of work from home, uh, worked on a lot of, uh, of the, you know, the business side of it versus the patient side and uh, marketing stuff and things like that. But, um, you know, time's there to fill. And so I filled it with things that I thought was productive. And I think that helped us through the first year post-COVID. Uh, I don't know if that's a verb on a phrase, but, the, you know, first year, post twenty twenty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 2020 that I'm sure helped us through some of those things. Um, but once it was done, it was just an I opportunity. couldn't wait to get back. I was like, couldn't wait to get back, yeah, actually. Right, like, when we opened up, the, the day we opened up, I was like a little kid in the candy store. I was really excited to get back. And, and we did see emergency patients a couple times a week, uh, but because there was five of us dentists that were, They were covering for each other. It was once a week I was in, and so um, and that work was, you know, just emergency type stuff. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the super high fulfilling, for the most part.
1: How was it coming back? I always um, I always try to think about it. Um, We have a remote team, right? And uh, the first time I went overseas and I met my team in person, it was so awkward, you know, (laughs) because like you're on a video call every day. Yeah, yeah. You talk to the you know them very well. A lot of times you would know a lot about the person. Yeah. But when you meet the first time face to face, you're like, um, are we gonna hug or
0: like like are we just <laughs> high five? Like
1: what are we doing? Like yeah. so. And I feel like could probably was a little bit similar. Little after bit. you came back in two months, like how was it?
0: Yeah, I mean it was. Uh, it felt just like coming back after summer break when you were in school. You know, you're out. You're out for a couple months, and and when you see them again, it's like oh, it's there's a there's a great feeling of a, almost like family that you come back um, in our field. We're very close all the time. Uh, and so um, to have the, the time off and get back, it was like, it took a couple of days for us to catch up on what was happening in their lives. Um, um, as far as where the kids were, we knew what they were doing there. Most of them were just at home, mm-hmm. you know, enjoying their families and stuff like that. But um, it definitely felt like mm-hmm. coming back from summer break. And right. you see your friends and you're like, oh, it's great to see you, even though we had done some conference calls throughout throughout COVID that um, kept us together. But it wasn't necessarily the, um, the close contact that we were used to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That's amazing. What was one of the things that you were working on? You said that you, you worked on the business. Yeah. What was like one or two things that you really had time to think through and put a plan together and then you came back and you executed
0: well, for me, it was where, where I wanted to go with my clinical um, goals. Um, you know, we had, um, I had been involved in a number of procedures that are kind of full mouth implants and restorations and all in four type procedures, and I really enjoyed it. And, um, and so I spent a lot of time doing some courses that uh, refined my knowledge in that. And then um, more importantly, um, set a path to where that's really all I'm going to move at the point, at the point that I decided it was where I wanted to move to, um, which means dropping most of the other stuff that I do as a dentist and allowing the dentists that work for me who are fantastic to fill in the void of, of what I was doing. And, uh, there's some trepidation there because there's always this, like, you know, most of the patients that I've seen up to this point didn't need full mouth extractions and implants. And Mm so, um, I worked a lot on the marketing part of it, um, worked a lot on the scheduling part of it and what I would do and where I'd go and And then the last year has been trying to implement that. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not without its ups and downs, you know. Right. Um, But it does allow me to um, know where I'm trying to go. And so no matter what, I can redirect if I feel like I'm off course. Mm -hmm. And that all kind of started throughout the COVID um, time that I had to think and work on where I really wanted to be when I was 60 years old as a dentist, you know.
1: Right. Which is probably another 30 years away from. I wish. Right.
0: No. No. 18, 18 years.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. By the way, I've, none of you guys have any signs of uh, COVID
0: times. Thank you. You know, I, like I said, I think I think it's all a testament to how the team functions, how they how they interact and how yeah. they how they thrive. I think they, they all want to feel like they're progressing. Um and um if we can give them an opportunity to feel like they're in a company that they can progress, then they do well. That's and, awesome. Um, if they don't, then they don't stick around. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, did it help? I know that um, you spent a lot of time on culture, like just being in the staff room and you know the signs and everything. Um, how much do you think um, during COVID the culture played the role in keeping the team together?
0: Um, you know, I think culture is a, like this key word that all mm-hmm. companies want mm-hmm. to want to say they're great at. Um, but I don't think culture is really seen until you it's put up against the wall, which was a great wall. Yeah. I think COVID was one of those times where, you know, we want to build this culture of family. We want to build this culture of security. Uh, we're always a culture of fun. Like fun is a big part of, of, of who I want everyone to be. And, um, during COVID, I think it gave, gave our company the opportunity to show what culture it really had, you know, um, you know, you can say all you want that the people you work with are like family, but mm-hmm. until you step up to the plate as a business and say, "Hey, don't worry, we, we got you covered. We'll pay for for we'll pay your salary like you were working for the next two months or more, depending on how long this goes." Um, until you can do that, then they don't really see what type of culture you have. Yeah. <laughs> and so for me, it was an opportunity to kinda of put my money where my mouth was mm-hmm. and so the culture part of it of really being like family became legit because they 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 gave me an opportunity to not just talk but to to do something about it. And yeah. It wasn't without fear. Don't get me wrong. Right. Like we right we had a certain amount. We knew what we ran through each month and we knew um, what that number would be and we were like, okay, that I mean after a few months that's gonna be interesting. Right. And um you know, we we uh had the fear, but we were extraordinarily blessed because of it I think and mm-hmm. I think the the team we have now is amazing, and uh, most of those team members are team members that were here with us during during the covid time
1: yeah that's that's one of my fears when I go back to offices now, yeah, it's like I remember Megan, I remember Allison right so mm-hmm. like these are great people on yeah. your team, and sometimes when I go back I'm like a, I mean, I have to remember the names, right? Let's start there. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm like, oh, all right, cool, I remember the names. But then sometimes the people are not there. Yeah, and and again, by no means I'm trying to say like somebody didn't have the leadership skills, or it could be any circumstances. But yeah. I do feel that COVID was a big uh, leadership test for a lot of dentists.
0: Yeah, I agree. And even even post COVID, you know the, you know there was a, a good period there where. Um, seemed like stealing employees from other dental offices um was a normal thing in our industry you know there yeah. we had a lot of offices reach out to team members directly um, directly wow. to, and offer them you know a lot more than what what they were currently getting paid and uh you know we've luckily i figured that was going to be a phase and that would pass just like everything else does and luckily the key members of our team we were able to not have issues with them leaving but uh, uh that obviously pose some some issues, but that's the biggest thing is seeing what happens to your team after um, after your culture is revealed. Like, are they going to stay or are they going to go? And uh, um, the ones that, that left after we really showed who we were, um, it's a blessing they left because they, if they're not part of that, don't want to be part of it, then we mm-hmm. don't really want them here anyways. And um, so it, it's been, but it's been great, honestly. That's awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, did you promote and, and I promise we're going to get off the subject It's just Sorry. so interesting to me <laughs> uh, while not necessarily the time that you guys were shut down. But while this whole COVID period, I know you're healthy. I know you're into sports and stuff. Yeah. Were you promoting that with your team? Absolutely.
0: Um, I think we did. We've done a lot of challenges that, that focus on better eating and exercise. Um, and then a lot of the, the trips that we're doing are also focused on that. Um, mm-hmm during 2020 we took a trip to hawaii as a, our we took our whole team um it was interesting because everything shut down and then in may or june it opened back up again and then we had planned this trip to hawaii i think in july and then everything kind of shut down again and then it opened up again right for no actually it shut down right after we got back from hawaii as with our team but we went there for the sp- specific purpose of uh doing this hike that was there um um and to have fun, of course, as a team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, if they're healthier at work, if they're more financially healthy at work, then they'll be better team members. And, uh, and so a lot of the things we do are revolved around that, challenges of, you know, we, we don't say weight loss, challenges of eating better and, uh, and, or challenges of getting ready. We have a trip that we're going to Zion's National Park in Utah. And, That's amazing. In September where there's an 18-mile hike that we're doing. Wow. And um, so the teams are getting ready for that and um isn't that
1: cool for you as a as a i as mean the it's owner it, of this business? for two
0: reasons is awesome one because I love doing it, and so right. like going and doing that as part of what I consider my job is amazing because it's fun to do that, and the teams are fun to have and and then two, seeing them realize there's a difference you know um the difference between uh, going to a job and just going to work and clocking in and clocking out and going home versus a job that hopefully we allow them um, opportunities to um, to progress mm-hmm. um, in all aspects of their life.
1: That's interesting. Um, you mentioned, or I was talking to Allison, um, CareStack, you moved to the new platform. Yeah. Was it something that you were thinking before, or is it something that you took advantage during that time that you could do that, or... Um, or And what pushed you to go in that direction? Just curious, because it's a big move for yeah. offices to change the practice management software.
0: Um, you know, I have this insatiable desire to find the most efficient way of doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it drives my wife crazy uh, because I'll look at something and, and be like, no, that can be done better this way or this way. And, and sometimes I'm wrong and sometimes I'm right. And, you know, the few times that I'm right, feed all the times that, I, mm-hmm. that, that make me keep trying to do it. And uh, with our old software system, it wasn't that it wasn't working it's just that it didn't seem like that was the best way. It didn't seem like that was the easiest way. Um, you know, I love lots of books on, on having good systems in play that allow a company to grow, um, not being held back from your systems. And a lot of the systems we had under our old software were difficult to train um, because it took weeks and weeks for our t- new team members to catch Get on. on. Board. And in my idea, you know, technology and software should be designed so that it makes things easier, not harder. Um, and it should be intuitive. Um, and I felt like, you know, our old system just wasn't... I knew it very well, and the people who had been here a long time knew it very well, and so their desire to leave it was, was an obstacle um, because once you know something, you almost feel like it's your, your ugly child, mm-hmm. and you don't want to give it up because you, now you know that system. Um, but once we went through the, um, the training for CareStack, it just became very evident it was much more efficient much more intuitive which in the long run is going to save us a lot more time on training you Mm -hmm. know if someone can come in and be trained on the insurance nightmare sometimes within dental or within all medical i assume um and have a software that supports them in that and doesn't uh, impede them in their progress with that then then that was a no-brainer for us Mm -hmm. and so that was the main reason why it was it was a little scary and there's it's there's there's been some hiccups you know but for the most part it's been yeah. a transition yeah. that progressing in something that m- works much better um was always the way to go
1: if we take uh if we take care as an example um if you evaluate any software to bring or any solution to bring into your practice what are the key elements you're looking at
0: um functionality um being intuitive enough that it becomes easy um you know the most of the employees that we hire are employees that were born, um, you know, even around 2000. And so these are younger kids that uh, grew up with iPads and technology learning that, that I didn't have as a, as a, mm-hmm. as a, as a young, young kid. Um, but even with that being said, um, having software that is intuitive, and if I take a 20-year-old or 22-year-old and they can't figure a system out within five minutes... Then I know something's wrong with it. It seems mm-hmm. like that's not. It's just not,
1: not it's good. Not right. It needs yeah. to be tweaked. Yeah. And
0: so, um, for me, the test of of whether software works really well is just stick mm-hmm. one of my front girls on it and see Let how quickly they it. can work wa- work around it. And uh, um, I like to think that I I'm into the tech stuff, uh, but I still I wasn't born with that. And so there's still a learning curve that's a little little larger for new software for me than it is, say per se for someone who's 20 years old. And so um, but being intuitive is important. Um, obviously the functionality works, it needs to work. It needs to work well. It needs to be predictable. Um, and then I love that it, a software that looks good, um, is a big part of, of, of it, I believe. Um, doesn't look like windows 95. It doesn't look like windows 95, <laughs> no function like <laughs> windows 95. Um, but, you know, we still have those around, right? We do, we do. and that, and that's the you know, it's it's the details on things like that that make a big difference. You know, um, and some of the big players have changed the name of the game mm-hmm. in this. You know, you have companies like Tesla and Amazon and Apple that have changed the game and what these what the expectation is of what a real company looks like. Mm-hmm. And um, you can't have a mom and pop, you know, software program um, that isn't instantly recognized as, as being subpar. Mm -hmm. Um, because this is the technology that we use every day, um, is becoming, um, very intuitive and becoming just part of our daily lives. And when something's off, we know immediately that it's not quite, this is not, not where it needs to be. Mm -hmm. A little
1: bit on a, on a personal side. Um, I'm always curious, you have three offices.
0: Mm Um, one is, do you have a desire to grow? I do. Um, you know, when I, when I started this path uh, 10, 10 years ago or so, um, we, and when I say we, I mean me and the team that's, that was with me, um, we kind of went gangbusters for a while. Um, I grew real fast, real quick, and, uh, and there were some growing pains with that, um, both, both just in time, in the financials, as well as in, in just the stress that it takes to, to do that. Um, but i learned what my lid was or what my ability to to uh, how big a company i could lead by myself and three seemed to be my my max by myself and so now i'm in the second phase where we're adding people to this mix um, to see what they've got and uh, as dentists come on and uh, show their different qualities then we can grow in a way that allows us to to add more offices and but me myself three was was kind of my max it's it once it started interfering with like heavily interfering with my family life which has always been the you know one of the main reasons I became a dentist you know I um I didn't necessarily want to work you know 90 hours a week yeah um because of the fact that um family's first and so um once that had I gone to four or five I think that would have bled into the time that I felt was important for my kids at their age you know they're they were little kids then and And I didn't want to have them... Miss the time. Miss the time with it, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, How do you... Do you have any daily routines? How do you keep the energy? So I know you travel between offices. You have days that you work at certain offices. Do you have specific, like, time blocked in a schedule for yourself to work out or things like that?
0: Yeah, so... And I'm not, uh, you know... Full disclosure, I'm not the best at this. Um, I do my absolute best to, to stick to this routine. Um, and it's inspired by a lot of books that I've read um, that all talk about how important your morning routine is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so waking up for me early, around five, and having some exercise time, and then having some spiritual time, and then having some work time before I even get in the shower and before the world's even up has been a big deal for me. Um, I find that's the most effective time for me to be ready for the day. Um, you know, if I win the morning, then I can win the day. Right. Uh, um, right. it's a big part of it. Yeah. And so that's a big part of what we do. You know, I feel like, uh, that allows me to do a task initially, um, that gets me on the, you know, once in motion, stay in motion boat, you know, and, uh, and without that, it's much harder. And like I said, I'm not perfect at it. There are, there are times vacations are tough because it kind of throws you in this weird mm-hmm, mm-hmm. routine where you where you are you get out of your routine um but uh when i stick to my morning uh my morning ritual it, it's it changes the game for me it allows me to be focused and come to work and and navigate the ship um in a way that i couldn't if i just woke up five minutes before and throw on some scrubs and ran to work mm-hmm. um but i wish i could say i was perfect at it but i'm
1: i think that's the beauty of of you know to me uh when you say I'm perfect, that's the end result. Yeah, and then at that point, what do you do? Die, right? You should die. Yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> die perfect, you know. <laughs> so that's not fun. Yeah, you know, I, it's it's an up and down battle. I think you, when you know what you should do, um, that's when frustrations come. When when you when you find that that you are mortal and you have you have flaws that mm-hmm. that manifest themselves, um, but that's the struggle of life and it's what presents opportunities. I feel and so. Um, like I said, up and down. But the, the up for me is, uh, to answer your question, is the morning routine is where it all comes from. I can do all the things I know I have to do in order to stay good with myself, good with my, my physical part, good with my spiritual part, so that at night there's not this checklist of things I have to do. I can just go out and play volleyball with my daughter or I can go play basketball with my son or we can uh, go on a date night with my wife um, because I'm not... Um, feeling like I'm lacking on those things that mm-hmm. I really should have done at 5 a.m. Can you describe your morning routine? Sure. Um, I'm a big runner, so I like to. So four days a week, I'll go out and run for four miles, and then um, I do that Monday, Wednesday, f- Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I do uh, like a uh, circuit training type thing. It's like legs day. Uh, yeah. No, I do, uh, usually I'll, I'll do like insanity is like a, is like a exercise routine I do that takes about 40 minutes uh, during the morning. And then while I am sweating and all that stuff, then I'll go and, and, um, spend some spiritual time reading some, some spiritual materials and, uh, and then for about a half an hour. And then for another half an hour, then I'll do, um, then for another half an hour, I'll do my, uh, um, sorry, but you okay. to have to edit that part. That's yeah, okay. And then for the last, by half the way, do you need water? No, I'm good. Okay. Um, and then the last half an hour will be, uh, work stuff. Um, looking at the stuff that ha- that's happening at work, what needs to be worked on. If there's a training coming up that I'm doing, then, then I'll spend a half an hour on that. But all in all, it's about two hours of, of a daily routine. Wow.
1: So what time do you get up? Five.
0: Five? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Five o'clock. And, uh. The light's just... Went They're out. on a sensor, so... The plant is hiding the sensor, so it thinks that it's asleep, but... Yeah, that's awesome. It's kind of nicer anyway. here. At least we have the screen. Yeah, I was going to say. Just turn this on. Yeah, that's great. But like I said, the, the routine's not... It's not uh, its not something that I can say I've been 100% good at, but um, I try my best, and and uh, when I do it, it definitely makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably feel the days when you don't follow the routine, right? I do. I It just... There's just a nagging feeling of, of like you're not doing what you're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And um, whether that's true or not, I'm not really sure, but I know that it's there. Right. And so um, it makes a big difference when I do it. That's one of the things that, you know, I always
1: think about a lot is, are you born with desire and ambition or it comes with time? And then do you ever lose
0: it? Well, you know, I think that... You know, I'm not a philosopher, but I think that desire is probably a mixed bag of things. Um, you know, I think you have to have like great opposition in your life in order to um, fuel the need to improve. Um, you know, and I, there's obviously exceptions in in all categories, but it seems like in everyone that has great achievements, um, there is this this baseline story of of trials of hardships of, Mm -hmm. of things that they've had to deal with that have fueled that desire. And, um, you know, if you're born in a life with no trials, you're probably going to die in a life where you didn't become anyone substantial. And, uh, I'm not saying that people who have a lot of money or who have everything handed to them can't become substantial. I just think that that motivation has to come from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And, um, my life's been blessed in many different ways. Um, there have been trials that have that have forced me to look at what what I'm doing and 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 understand better why those trials were there and uh, i think that's kind of what's made me who i am and you know as as the business goes well it's very easy to be like i'm good i can i'm making a good living i i spend as much time with my family as i want i've got two houses in different places i've got a vacation home in hawaii like my life's good i can just sit back and you know let let life roll but uh, that's been the tricky part for me is to realize, no, I can't, I can't do that. You know, when there's excess money in the account, I need to pull it out. So it always has the feeling of like, no, you're, you're just right on the edge of, of falling off a mm-hmm. cliff. Um, cause that, that edge is where I feel like all the inspiration comes from. You know, you, you give yourself the opportunity to, to feel like it's just about to all fall apart. And that's when genius comes out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's been. That's one of the main benefits, I think, of COVID is this, it's just been a life-changing opportunity for us to realize, wait, what, what needs to change now so that we're good for the future versus if we just keep doing what we're doing now, we're good now, but we might not be good for the future. Right.
1: You know? Right. That's exactly. Um, can you share any of those, at least like a one failure? that. Oh, one failure. I can
0: share many failures, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Um, you well, know, I think for me, on the business side of it, the, the biggest failures are with team members, you know, the, um, the things you did that caused problems or the things you didn't do that caused problems. Um, I had a a dentist early on that was a really good friend of mine, great dentist who, um, um, I lost him because of things I didn't do, didn't say I avoided the conflict and, uh, you know, that was hard for me. He was the first dentist that was with me long-term and I didn't want to, uh, um, lose a friend and I didn't want to challenge him in a way that would make him grow and so um, when he left it was ru- it was it was a rough time you know I felt like um, it was a departure from me not a departure from the business and um, and so it made me have to rethink my entire philosophy of what I was what I was doing and how I would handle um, future dentists coming on and um, what I should do and so that failure was a it was a big one um but uh, it kind of drove the next three years of of great um, planning and, and and great execution for my team on how to keep Dennis happy and how to keep him here. You know? mm-hmm. Can we use that example, um, just out of
1: curiosity? When that happened, what did you do? Like, did, did you call your wife and you talk through this? Or you grab a book? Or what book? Because you know, I think a lot of times, um, I don't. I don't remember the exact saying is, but never let a great obstacle go wasted Unwasted or something it, like yeah. that, mm-hmm. right? So like I'm, I'm fascinated by what are those first three steps you do when that happens? It's all intuitive. You don't yeah. say like, well, when this fails, I'm gonna pull this book, right, or take that instruction, <laughs> right? So, but there's probably some kind of pattern that you've built, yeah, uh, that gets you back on track, and that's that's
0: yeah. For me, it's uh, don't get upset. Um, with being upset um, you know I took there's a time frame and my wife and I have this time frame where when something happens at bad you know we have a couple of days of a of a pity party that we're allowed to just be pissed you know and uh, but that can't go on you know that's not not productive it doesn't do us any good it just just doesn't allow the forgiveness process to take effect and so I took a couple of days just to be mad at the at him and his wife and and the process of that had happened, and then afterwards, I turned to people that were smarter than me. Um, there's a, uh, and this sounds like an interesting source, but there was a autobiography written by Bob Iger, or about Bob Iger, the Dis, the former Disney CEO, that had a lot of inspirational things about his life that I felt, um, for someone who can lead a company that has, you know, hundreds of thousands of employees and mm-hmm. billions of dollars of assets and acquisitions i feel like he had some good experience and so i started copying from things he did in his life um my morning routine started after after i read that book um and i think that's been a game changer for me um so pity party turn to those that are smarter um, both in books or um you know conferences or or things like that and then the last thing is just don't repeat the mistakes you Mm -hmm. know like in my case i had to make sure that those mistakes weren't repeated and and, uh, and because of it, we were able to move forward. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, this is a more selfish question. I'm,
0: I'm super curious. Um, how much do you share with your wife? Uh, about the business or mm-hmm. about... You know, I used to share everything with her. Um, but uh, just learning the complementary roles that my wife and I share. Um, she has a very different personality than me. Um, she worries a lot. She's very uh, data-seeking um, whereas I'm more general idea um, and I don't really stress about much. And so um, I don't share much with her about the business because she likes to to uh, deep dive into why or what we're doing or how we're doing it. And, uh, and that just wasn't great for our, for our marriage. Um, it just once our once our discussions were much more about business than they were about our kids or about us, um, then it just wasn't a healthy, Mm -hmm. healthy environment. So, Mm -hmm. um, she's great at giving me freedom to, to go to work and to, um, have accomplishments and make errors and hopefully learn from those errors and, and move forward. But, um, you know, my sharing with her about the ups and downs of work, um, um, through the years I've learned aren't as productive as, as, us talking about our children or our, our hopes and dreams or, or what is it that's going to make us strong? Um, if I'm strong at home, then then uh, I can be strong here. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. it was weakening us to talk so much about work at home. Mm-hmm. And so that just wasn't wasn't productive. Okay, um, I'm, that's one of my biggest faults probably is
1: I work work oh, I love work, my work I'm so excited <laughs> about my work and I bring it home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I recently got married and. It's just, I'm trying to get to the point where um, I try to flip the coin because I love dreaming, right? So if I, if I come home and, and I talk about work, and my wife is actually, she's really awesome at this. She's like, well, well let's talk about what we're going to do in 12 months. Yeah. That changes my perspective right away. It's like, I'm more excited about that. Like, I love my work, but to think about where are we going to go, and we have this thing now is... Um, We're thinking uh, just to be on the road, you know, and my work allows me to do remote work and maybe live in different countries for like six months here, six months there. Sounds amazing and we're expecting a kid and it's like, how are we gonna do that? And you have two camps of people that say, this is the dumbest thing you will ever do, don't do that. (laughs) And then you have a camp of people that say, you absolutely have to do this if you have the option to do that. And so this is where she takes me. Instead of talking about work, she'd be like, "Oh, let's talk about this. Cause yeah. Like, how do how are we gonna do that? Because yeah. I would love to do that. And and these are the things that I'm trying to learn myself now too.
0: You know, I feel like there's just such a beautiful dance between between a husband wife and the work variable. You know, when mm-hmm. you have when you have uh, the perspective to step back and realize that uh, life is really good at distracting you from what's really important you know Mm -hmm. the the things that we work on day in and day out are are fun they're they're definitely compelling they definitely allow us to feel like we have a place in this world that to contribute Um, but I've always believed and will always continue to believe that the biggest contribution that we can give to this world comes from the relationship that her and I share and the relationship that we uh, endear into our children You know, my my father was a really wise man. He's not dead, is a wise man. Um, Thank God. Yeah, that always said to me that their greatest gift as as parents to me as their son was to to show me what a good relationship looked like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the way my father treated my mother um, was the best example I could have. And in a world where, you know, not to get, like, philosophical or anything, but, like, we live in a world where, you know, they're trying to blur truth, you know? They're, they're, they're saying, I, there's just so many different people saying there's no such thing as truth, there's no such thing as good and evil, there's no such mm-hmm. thing as as right and wrong, um, which I, I disagree with. I think that uh, the biggest truth we can have is to have two people who are united together mm-hmm. that can build a, a family that is foundational for this world to continue, not mm-hmm. just on a... Not just on a logical standpoint, if you don't have a husband and wife that have kids, then the world is gonna end. Um, but also on a on a in terms of allowing, you know, values to still be taught in families that allow um good to continue. And mm-hmm. um and so I feel like I'm going on a tangent. I'm sorry, I'll stop real this quick. This is awesome. I This want is you, my favorite part. I, I feel like I feel like between a husband and a wife, that's the beauty of it, mm-hmm. you know, is is if you have the opportunity to do something that you and her together um, want to do um, and feel like it can grow your relationship by experiencing different parts of the world um, and more so by experiencing your spouse in a different part of the world, um, then why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just think that um, we get so caught up in our bubble that we don't understand what's happening else, uh, elsewhere. And um, you put me in a in a city in china it's not that i'd be a different person but based on my experiences i would learn and evolve and be a different person mm-hmm. because of those experiences and even so much more with your spouse um, mm-hmm. to be able to do that that sounds amazing um my job's not remote so i can't right i can't do that um <laughs> uh, for good or for bad but you know if you know imagine the things you could talk about mm-hmm. if you live in rome for a year mm-hmm. or if you live in Greece for a year or you live in Canada for a year, like imagine the things as a husband and wife, how you would um grow as a couple having to experience different mm-hmm. hardships mm-hmm. and different um cultures within mm-hmm. within this world. it would be be really cool, yeah, and the foundation you give to the kid, yeah, it's
1: like it's amazing, um, I probably will do a site project at some point, um
0: like a relationship
1: advice from my friends in dentistry, <laughs> gotcha. It's so I don't amazing. know if
0: dentistry is the best place. So I, I guess we are all about relationships with patients, but...
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of my really good friends um, in Dallas, Weatherford, uh, you, probably, you probably heard of him, uh, Beacon Dentistry, Dr. Mm. Tom Novak. Yeah. Um, I love visiting him. I'm going to visit him probably tomorrow night or Wednesday morning. Um, we had a, just a chat and we were talking, um, and then I told him that, you know, my wife and I are expecting a kid. And he was sitting there, literally within a minute, he started crying. That's awesome. And then the things that he told me, I will remember forever. Hmm. And it's just so amazing. Like I'm so grateful. Imagine, and that's probably your mentality too. Like the work should be fun. And that what makes fun for me this work. It's like all the software is great, but like having this is the best. Hmm. And then I just remember we were talking, and, and I, I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this. Uh, he said, "I love my kids. They all know that they're the best thing that can happen that happened to me in this life." Yeah. But what they all know is I love my wife more than I love them. Yeah. And now, and I, and I didn't. It didn't make sense to me in the beginning. I started asking. So he's like, "It it's so clear to my kids that." there's nothing comes close to the way I love my life, my wife yeah. and the kids are the kids. And it just, and then I was driving, I mean, I live in Austin now. And so it's like two an hour drive. And then I called my wife. I'm like, can you imagine what I just learned? And she's like, well, it doesn't make sense. And then we talked through this and then it's like, it puts us two together. Um, in the importance level more than the kids and there's so something beautiful about it and so i'm so grateful to all these you know things that i learn about
0: yeah and i you know i would second what he said on that you know the the fact of the matter is you have your kids for a very short amount of time Mm -hmm. and if they're your priority and they're your focus and your love is always on them more than anything else uh, more often than not you see these relationships that will hit some really hard times when the kids leave because you're you'll be in this home with this person that you you've made a second rate citizen and now everyone's gone. You're like, Oh crap. Now I guess I have to make Mm -hmm. you my, my number one, because there's no one else here. And, uh, you know, we were very adamant from, from, from the get go, um, our youngest child, we left our youngest child when he was two and a half months old for a week to go on a cruise, just her and I, um, because we felt it was important that we always kept that going. And, um, You know, there's some criticism that can go with that, Mm -hmm. but I feel like (coughs) no no child, uh, um, you know, lost their will to live because their parents went on a date for a week. You know, Mm -hmm. I I feel like it's important for them to know that their priority is different than the priority with their with their spouse. Yeah. um, Because when it comes down to it, that's she's she's gonna be the one, and uh, you know, like any relationship. You know, your kids are interesting because you don't choose them. You have them. And because you have them, there's this sense of, like, they're part of me. And so it's not that you don't have to work for that love. It's just because they're part of you, it's it's naturally easier to do so, to love them. But your spouse isn't part of you. You didn't – she's not from your genes. She's not – you chose her. Um, but because you chose her, you don't have that inherent sense of, oh, she's part of me. Mm-hmm. Um which means you have to work for it. You have to work for it more than you do your kids, even though sometimes, and I love my kids to death 95% of the time, and then 5% <laughs> of the time I want to kill them, you know, but you know, law says I shouldn't kill people, so I, I won't do that. Um, but because my wife's not from me, um, working for that love is different. Mm-hmm. It requires uh, a more concerted effort to make sure that, hey, when we were dating, this is what I did, and this is how I felt about her. And when you're out of dating, you have to be more concerted and more make more of an effort to say, "Hey, this is what I do now, so that I continue to love her and that, and vice versa." Mm-hmm. And so I, it's different. The kids are amazing, but um, I whole, wholeheartedly agree with with what was said in regards to them her being your first priority mm-hmm. because she definitely is, and um, it's a different type of love, of course, um, but.
1: So you agree that we should start a separate podcast on that? Just, Absolutely, that'd be yeah, great. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. amazing. It'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, I really appreciate our friendship. I really appreciate that I can reach out to you anytime. You always respond. There's never been a time that I would text you and you just don't respond. And then I think last time we were trying to get together, you you got COVID. I yeah, I think It I was did. like April or March. Yeah, yeah. Well, this I love like, you, Tiger. I think yeah. you're amazing. I think what Thank you're
0: doing you. is amazing. Um, and you know, I'm here to support you in any way that I can. Like I, there's a difference in you than there is in most people, and it's Thank fun you. to it's fun to be a part of that. It's fun to share in some of that. Um, and I don't know what hardships or trials you've had in your life that caused you to have the drive you have, but I'm grateful for those. Um, Just a few. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm grateful for those, and I'm grateful for the ones that you'll have in the future. That. Mm-hmm will drive you becoming the person that, that, um, I know you can become. And it's fun to be a witness, a part of that journey. Honestly, it's, you know, it's, it's like reading a book about someone you care about and, and, uh, anything you do, I'm always here for you. Thank you. It means a lot. Yeah. Appreciate it. You bet.